Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Magic Mike. Now, today in the hot seat, we have Arun Sudaman, the host of Provoke Podcast. Welcome to my show, um, Arun. Hi, Bharat. It's, um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming on Magic Mike, Arun. Um, so, Arun, can you tell us more about the Provoke Podcast? And you said that you, know, you do another podcast show as well. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us more about your shows? Sure. So the Provoke podcast is is really a podcast that runs for the company Provoke Media, um, which is the company that I work for, and 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 I've been the editor in chief for for the last eleven uh, years. And we focus on the public relations industry around the world. The Provoke podcast actually started life in, I think it was twenty twelve, uh, and it was it was called the Echo Chamber podcast back then. Um. But we renamed it the Provoke Podcast uh, about 15 months ago because the company was rebranded to Provoke from uh, its previous name, which was the Holmes Report. So we thought because of that, we'll rename the podcast as well. The Echo Chamber was a nice name just to begin with, but it started to take on some negative implications. Um, so we've done more than 300 episodes of that podcast, I think. And then separately, I do a cricket podcast called Cricket Ultras with two friends of mine, which started in, I think that started in late 2017, and that has completed 73 episodes. And um, these, what, what platforms do you use to host these shows? Yeah, so for both of them, actually, we use Podbean. Um, no particular reason. Um, I was looking at platforms uh, a few years ago, uh, and just decided this one was easy and, and went with it. Um, you know, it's the kind of decision you make and then you probably don't re- revisit for a while. Uh, so there, there may be better platforms. I don't know. I've got no issues, though, with Podbean. It, it's worked fine. With the Provoke podcast, uh, before we only started using Podbean in like 2016 or something or 2015, I'm trying to remember what we used before. And I have a feeling we hosted it ourselves. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, is it? Is it yeah, like a blue? And then, we, then we decided. Is it like a blueberry? Or no, I'm not sure. No, I don't think we used blueberry. I think we actually set up the whole thing ourselves. Ah. Okay. So you actually ran, ran it off your own server and your own. Exactly. Yeah. And did the whole all of that iTunes everything? You know, did you know wrote all of that script to update iTunes and update all of these podcasting services, and then of course. I think I probably realized that it's much easier to use a third party platform because they stay updated with all of these new um, podcast services that are out there as well. Right. So, which is something that you have to do if you run it off your own server. Um, and so we switched it. We moved the podcast, I think at that point, and that was a bit of a hassle. Uh, and I think we lost a few episodes during that move. Um but yeah, no, no, no major complaints with Podbean. It's it's worked fine, and and honestly, I will have to say it's very good value for money. Awesome. So, um, let's talk about mic setup then. You know, when you started off your podcasting journey, what was the first microphone you used, and what is your current setup right now? So this is quite interesting. We started our podcast in a professional studio in London. Um, so we actually partnered with a a broadcast consultancy uh, called TVC Group, and they gave us use of their studio. So they had a professional setup in there. So for us, it was very easy. We would just go in and record. 
Uh, in terms of the mics they were using, I'm not entirely sure what they were using, but it would be whatever the standard is in a kind of broadcast recording studio, whether that's like a SM57 or yeah, something like that. Probably it was something like that. Um, and that's fine. That was fine when, first of all, when I was in London and when we were doing all podcasts in a studio, but everything's changed. And one thing we learned was we couldn't do all the podcasts in a studio, especially because we were often talking to people from around the world or we were we were recording podcasts while we were traveling. Now, sometimes we could do those podcasts, we could dial in and do it via TVC. They had this service where you could call in and do it and that worked fine. Um, we shifted providers in around 2014, 2015, I'm not entirely sure when. We shifted to a, another company called Marketeers um, who we're still with now actually. And Marketeers um, is very similar setup to TVC in terms of their studio. Um, but I think we have, you know, obviously today we do very few, or we don't do any podcasts in a studio. Everything is done remotely. So when it comes to microphones, it's a real mix. So as you can see, I'm currently using an AKG C214 microphone, which is which is a very nice mic. Um, but I think probably it's a bit, you know, I think for a home podcaster, maybe it's a bit uh, too too much you know I think there's many mics that are like half the price which are just as good um, before this I was using a lapel mic uh, it was a good one it was a sure can't remember the model but it, a good lapel mic um, but you know honestly a lot of our shows are recorded with people using um, whatever mic they have to hand uh, whether it's via their headphones or via their laptop um, and that seems to be increasingly common. I feel like there's a shift away from professional um, professional setups towards more amateur recording. But at the same time, the amateur setups have become more professional, if that makes sense. This mic I'm using here, this is the Rode Pod mic. I mean, the mixer I'm using, the mixer I'm using is a Procaster. So that's like almost six, seven hundred um, SGD. Yeah. This Pod mic, however, it's 150 SGD. Right. And, it gives it gives a very good quality yeah, and a good sound to be honest. Yeah, I've heard a lot about the Rode. Actually, it's very well reviewed, well rated. I mean, there's there's many of these mics that are just focused on the podcasting market, aren't there? Like Rode, Blue Yeti, and so on. And and they're USB mics, I think, as well. It's very popular. Or you can just plug them into iPhone. Exactly, and I think USB microphones are on the rise because I've been in this industry for three years. I've done over like a thousand episode recordings, so I've been always a studio engineer in the background. And I've seen the evolution of mics, especially in this last two years, especially. Yeah. The sure. USB microphone range has increased. The quality of the fo the quality of the audio has yep. increased. However, I still don't get that, you know, XLR connection uh, microphone setup. You can, yeah. That that still it, you know, you still can hear the difference, but yeah. Definitely the range, mm. the range in Samsung. USB microphones yeah, is yeah. gone. Yeah. Like the Samsung Q2U and the ATR2 100 X, I think those those are pretty good uh, quality. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And I think listeners are much more forgiving in a way of podcasts. Um, they're quite used, you know, even very popular podcasts uh, I listen to, you know, the ones that are at the top of the charts. I'm sure you, you've noticed this as well. You can tell that they're recording sometimes uh on a, a standard uh mic nothing special and often they're recording directly to zoom this with a, with a guest 
usually not the hosts, but the, the guests are often there. Um, by the way, I use a, I don't know if you can see it, but I use a Zoom uh, recorder. H4? So it's, this, it's H4, yeah. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The interface, which, um, yep. yeah, I find very useful. And in fact, that's that was a big game changer for me, getting that. Because I could, it meant I could record people on the road. I could just take it with me. It was very helpful. Yeah. Exactly. I, th I think the Zoom technology itself, uh, not the software, the equipment. Like I used to have a Zoom. I use a Zoom H6 when I go outdoor recordings. I, I think it's an, it's an excellent piece of equipment. Like it's really good. Battery operated. To the extent I, I, I used to say that I can record this in a jungle if I want to do a podcast in the jungle. Yeah, it's it's rugged. Exactly. Um, it's kind of old school, actually. My kids were looking at it and they were like, what is this? Why is there, <laughs> why is there no touchscreen? And I was like, actually, that's the most valuable piece of tech I have right now. Exactly. It just exactly. does what it needs to do really well. And the, the crazy thing about the Zoom, I think, is that I use it to record you know, bands, you know, I'm quite active musically. It's professional level audio recording, guitars, drums, whatever you want to do, right? So it's it's very capable. And it records multi-tracks. So it records the tracks individually. So as a podcaster, that helps a lot because if let's say the other track is, you know, noisy, you can just remove it. Whereas on like um, certain mixers, you, you can't do that. The road can do that. The roadcaster can do that. But this is, yeah, this is pretty good uh, equipment in that sense. So, um, in terms of software, Arun, um, what do you use to, you know, record with the guests? Like, do you use a Zoom? Do you use, like, Riverside, Squadcast? Or what kind of softwares do you use? So, this is, a, this is something I'm, I'm kind of forever grappling with, actually. I record myself directly onto my Zoom. You know, I don't use it as an interface. I actually just record directly onto the zoom and then i pull out the little memory card and i you know upload it to the uh, to, to we actually send the audio files to marketeers and they will they will mix it basically turn it into the podcast now with guests it's usually a very different situation right sometimes often i, I hate to say this but often i'll just use zoom to record them because um the the software the... yeah i'll just i'll just record them on zoom because okay one thing i found is a lot of people that i record are not comfortable they're intimidated by the technology and it becomes a little bit stressful for them if i say okay i need you to record yourself because ideally i'd like them to record themselves right? i think that's for me that's the you get the best results if i can get my guest to record themselves send me the file and I'll send both files. And I've done that with, I mean, there are many guests who have recorded themselves. Usually, if they don't have a mic, I'll just say to them, just use your phone. Just use the voice recorder on your phone. You can actually, there's, I think there's a high quality option on most voice recorders. So you can get a WAV file. It doesn't have to be M4 or whatever. Um, but, you know, some people do find that uh, challenging. And, you know, when it's, because, you know, in the media industry, sometimes you're recording people who don't have much time. Uh, sometimes they're, let's say, kind of high level. You don't want to be spending time asking them, oh, can you record yourself? You could use your phone. Here, follow these instructions. Uh, so because of that, I'll just record them on Zoom. And yes, the quality will suffer. Um, but I think for those kinds of guests, it's like a trade-off, really, between between quality and, and um, convenience content. I haven't used 
you know, I've looked at some of these platforms, Squadcast. There was another one I was trying out, similar Zencaster. 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 I tried that out for a bit. You know, they, I guess they claim to be kind of the one-stop solution, right? Um, but we're lucky, I, I suppose, because we have uh, marketeers um, who will do the mixing for us. Um, so be- because of that, I know that all I really need to do is is get the files. Yeah, send them the files. So in, in terms of podcasting as a whole, how, how do you promote your shows, both your Provoke Media and uh, the Cricket mm. Show? Yeah, so Provoke um, benefits from the kind of footprint we have and the, the content machine that we are as a business, right? We are a content business. Because of that, um, it's relatively easy for us to, to promote the podcast. You know, we have email newsletters with tens of thousands of subscribers. We have social media channels with tens of thousands of subscribers. Um, so we can utilize that reach quite effectively. Um, we uh, we uh, create visuals. Our social media team creates visuals. They also create audiograms um, to promote the podcasts, although that can be, that's a little bit time consuming, but we do do that as well. Um, we've also actually, and this is interesting, we've started um, t- turning our podcast into videos. Um, so actually, you know, filming these conversations because they're virtual um, and putting the videos up on YouTube as well. Uh, and that has actually got quite a good response. And then we promote those as well. And, you know, promoting videos, it's a totally different ball game to, to promoting it. <laughs> a podcast right so yeah so those are i guess those are the, the most common ways we do it we use our you know we, we, we use our stories as well you know each podcast gets a story uh, and that's a that's very powerful for us if you consider that you know an average story on our website will get like five to ten thousand readers so actually now you have taken a step forward in video podcasting then is that's yeah that's yeah. going to be very interesting because the yeah. the the audiences you get from a video podcast and audio podcast is different because there's always been a debate should a podcaster do a video podcast format or should a podcaster do an audio podcast format yeah so this has been an ongoing debate and there's no right answer the both of it gives a different um sort of audiences yeah. it gives a different sort of uh feel yeah content. we don't do it for and the way we look at it is we don't do it for every podcast we do it for we have kind of special series podcasts often they're sponsored so there's a commercial partner for those discussions, typically it's three or four people are in the discussion. Um, and for those ones, um, video just becomes, you know, another kind of tool we can use. Um, also, for those types of podcasts where we have a sponsor, we will use some paid media as well, typically, to to just amplify. So, you know, with the rise of um, apps coming out in 2021, because I have a hypothesis that 2021 is where podcasting is going to be made much more easier. And, um, you know, it's through these apps which are coming out. So like we mentioned, Squadcast, Riverside. One more major player in this space is Clubhouse. Um, so I've read an article earlier this year that Clubhouse is going to kill podcasting. However, I, I choose to think that podcasting is going to adapt with Clubhouse and it's somehow going to merge. What are your thoughts on this, uh, actually? I definitely don't think Clubhouse will kill podcasting unless it tries to develop a podcasting solution within Clubhouse, in which case I actually think then Clubhouse will kill itself because, you know, that's not 
I don't think that's why people like Clubhouse. Um, but I can see they will start to think about, okay, how can we, you know, we have, because I think they've already hit a ceiling in terms of user growth, or at least it's slowing down. Um, and so they may start to consider how can we make the site more sticky. Recording conversations is one way of doing that. Um, but, you know, the big difference, of course, is is with a podcast, it's, it's recorded in advance. Um, you can build in more commercial elements. Uh, it's more of a set piece event. Uh, it can be promoted, you know, all the things you can use to promote it that we just talked about can't really do that with a clubhouse um unless it's recorded right so the live nature of clubhouse makes it just so different from podcast and podcasting now i know there are some like live podcasts out there but that's not really i think the appeal of of the podcast of the podcasting um you know opportunity so i don't think clubhouse will kill podcasting i think it's just another type of audio um social social media or audio content that is becoming popular and i think it's a it's a reflection of how popular audio content is actually and i think there was you know in a way it, it kind of just reminds me uh, that you know video is great but video has certain challenges um and audio has that ability to be secondary content, um, which video you know doesn't really have. And I think that's very powerful, and that's I think why we see such growth in podcasts, but also honestly in in Clubhouse. I think people do like. I think I see Clubhouse more like the radio. Let me put it that way. Um, if if it's going to kill anything, I would think it's the radio. If if radio is not already dead. Perhaps. Right. Okay. That's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting because it's that same sort of live, live model. Right? Bit, so yeah. it's a bit. It's very much yeah, like yeah. talk show radio. I find. I don't. You know, that's very insightful. You talked us through your journey from 2012 to all the way. You know, your mic setup, your hosting platform, and you know, everything. You know, that's basically like the magic mic perfect show in that sense. <laughs> As a final wrap up question, Arun, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, I had an English muffin. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Arun, thank you so much for coming on to Magic Mike. I hope you have a good day and I hope the listeners had a good listen and an insightful listen to this show. Excellent. Yeah, thanks a lot, Bharat. This, this was a real pleasure. Thank you.